5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Holloway going down the line with it. Keeps it. Turns up field. First down. Breaks loose. They score. Touchdown. The fake of the halfback. There's a pass downfield for Malcolm Kelly in the end zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Perfect pass by Sam Bradford. And Malcolm Kelly gets the touchdown. He's third of the nine. 22 yards. Pump fake by Jones. Going to go deep down the far side. Got a man open in the end zone. Stills grabs a touchdown. Kenny Stills. What a pair of hands. Four days away, man. It's getting close. You hear some of those old classics, some of the great. How cool is that? Uh, from Kenny Stills. That maybe his finest moment. I I think it's his finest moment in OU uniform. Making the the go ahead touchdown uh, catch against Florida State and then flashing up the twelve for Austin Box. Yeah, I think that, that was awesome. I think that was the best moment of his OU career. Yeah, he, he had some really good moments, but that one was that was awesome. I I tend to uh, be in the camp. Maybe I even created the camp that says Kenny Stills is one of the most underrated wide receivers to come through Oklahoma. I don't I'm not sure he gets the credit he deserves. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Uh you created that camp. I created the Alan Patrick is one of yeah. the most underrated running backs yeah, that uh, OU has seen. Uh, yeah. Freakishly athletic. He's just kind of there at the same time as Adrian Peterson. Did you see Alan Patrick at the spring game? I uh, I think you and I were on air together. When Alan Patrick walked uh, past us, and then after the game, I, I think I mentioned something to him about how it was a terrible call and that legit spin move that he had at A and M. And he's like, "I know, man, I know. Yeah, I know." Nah, he was cool. I, I saw him a couple times. He's, he looks he's like massive. he's in better shape now than he's ever been, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He looks incredible. Marietta Sooner tomorrow is number three. Is there a Shepherd family tribute? There could be something in the works with that, yeah. Hey, don't look at – let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're in day four. Let's enjoy four days out for all it is. Why the rush to get to three, okay? I'm in the rush to get to Saturday. I can't wait any longer. Yeah. J.G. Wentworth, hear me out here. If I had to take three wide receivers from OU to build a team, I'd take Kenny Stills, Ryan Broyles, and C.D. Lamb. No, uh, No MC, no Mark Clayton in there? Well, you're going to have to leave someone out, Tyler. Um, yeah, and he's leaving Mark Clayton good. out, and I don't, I don't love leave, leaving Mark Clayton out of that group. What do you say, Still, CD, and Broyles? Yeah. You got your two outside, Broyles running the slot. That's pretty salty there. I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not dissing on. I just saying, I just a list without Mark Clayton. That's it's hard for me to hard for me to get past. Okay, well, 
you keep saying that. Who are you going to take Clayton, off of the guys' list? Uh, I'll take off Kenny Stills and put in Mark Clayton. Easy. Done. Hmm. Okay. I, I can't say anything is wrong with that. I think that's another excellent list. There is no right or wrong answer. Well, the three today that we're talking about, at least uh, listed as starters for Saturday, Andrell Anthony, yeah. Drake Stoops, and Jaleel Farouk. And we've had a few texts today saying, well, all this talk about Gavin Freeman all off season, and he's not even starting in front of Drake Stoops. He's not even listed as a starter. Yeah, that's right. Um, we covered this yesterday on the show. Uh I mean, this group has been the starting group, but Gavin Freeman's going to play a ton. I still got him as a leading receiver on the team until I see differently. And I'm convinced that every player on the team is a single digit. Doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, definitely at wide receiver it feels that way. Uh, I'm looking across the board. I mean, you you even have starting defensive linemen. They're going to be wearing single-digit numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think every I think every position group has a starter with the single. Well, except offensive line, I guess. But I'm not going to be surprised if Rouse runs out in uh, number three or something like that. I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting, but yeah, I I you got to understand that the being the starter thing is it's a big deal. But often, you know, some guys. If you've got a if you've got a senior guy at a position where everyone's going to rotate, you're going to name the the older guys the starter. Now, at offensive line, if a, a freshman or a sophomore is your better player, you start the freshman or sophomore. You're not rotating offensive line. But at receiver where they've got, you know, six, seven guys, maybe more that are going to rotate through, then it stands to reason that the guys that have more seniority get to have the name that's flashed up there on the on the scoreboard. That's really all it is. I mean, but you do have to earn that, and you earn it over time, and I've got no problem with it. Let's start with the offense on the on the death chart. There's only one or, one or for a starter, and that's Marcus Major or Tawi Walker. We're going to see at least four running backs on Saturday. We thought all the way back in January that it was going to be Barnes and Sawchuck in the top two. Are you giving up on the thought that that's your true one-two running back duo this year? Like, How do we feel now that Major and Walker have been announced or starters for Saturday? How, how does that affect Barnes and Sawchuck being a, a true one-two punch? Uh, I, it, I, I, it's no effect on me at all. I, I think it's, um, I think it's fine. You got to remember, Barnes is still coming off of a injury from the spring, right? He got all tuned up. I can't remember foot, ankle, something. Um. So maybe you want him to have a little bit lighter of a workload early in the season and maybe ramp it up and make sure he's good to go there. Um, you know, Marcus Major needs to prove that he can stay on the field, right? 
There's a lot of people that are all bent out of shape about that. We'll see if he can stay on the field. Um, I, I, Tolly Walker's been incredibly durable. He's really the only one. Marcus Major, multiple injuries. Barnes already had a surgery or an injury. Uh, Sawchuck has missed the majority of last season and has already missed, I don't know if I would say a significant amount of time. But, but he's missed time. He missed time in missed training time. camp. Tawi Walker is he, he availability, man. That's why he's in the All spot. Right. I mean, he's a good player, but that's a big reason why he's in the spot that yeah. he's at right now is because of ava- they can trust him maybe more than any other running and, back they have. And frankly, I don't even know if I don't know if Salchuk is even going to be available Saturday. Maybe he is. I don't know, but you know he's been battling. I don't know hamstring issues or something like that through training camp. And you know, I no, I I, I have no problem with the way it's laid out at all. I mean, let, let's be honest. The sophomore Barnes and the redshirt freshman Salchuk, they're. They had some impressive stuff last year, but they're still in earn-it phase, man. Yeah. No, that's – I mean, Sawchuck did it for, for one game, and even that game he had a big fumble. I, I think there we all go. see the potential there, but Tawi Walker, they can trust him more than any running back that they have right now. Doesn't mean he's the best or has the highest ceiling, but you can depend on him. That's why he's in that spot. O-line set, Rouse at left tackle, Savion Bird at left guard, Raym at center, McCade Mattire at right guard. Tyler Guyton at right tackle, and there's just really, I mean, nothing there surprises me. Like Even, even at backup, man, Troy Everett, your backup center. Uh, I love to see Caden Green as the backup left tackle. Just across the board, continuity is, is the word for the offensive line. They really feel like they are in as good of a spot as they've been to start a season in maybe several years, maybe since they won the Joe Moore Award. Yeah, as far as health and everyone being up and available and ready, yeah. And here's the thing. I think this group can be really, really good. But I I don't expect them to look like, uh, you know, they've fully hit their stride and are playing the best football of the year on Saturday. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some couple of misses, maybe some miscommunication, Maybe they get the call. Maybe some poor technique. Whenever you get tired, I, you know, I don't know. We can all imagine what, what, what could possibly go on. I, some of that stuff's going to happen, but the ceiling for this group is really incredibly high. Bothroyd is your starter at D end. R. Mason right. Thomas is uh, two. PJ Adabare is three. D tackle Laulu or Jordan Kelly as starters. Uh, nose tackle, Co or Dejon Terry. Defensive end, Ethan Downs or Trace Ford. And then here's a big one for me, man. Mike is Jaron Canick. He is the starter. Connor mm-hmm. Near, second team, then Kobe McKenzie or Phil Pachotti. I think most everyone would have forecasted Jaron Canick to be the starter going into the year. But I think it's very important that that's the way that it looks today. Just be re- really for the future of that position. And, and not that playing Connor near significant snaps would necessarily be a bad thing this year, but just for Canick's development and what kind of ceiling he has, I think that's a kind of under-the-radar big storyline that happened this offseason, that Canick really took that Mike position. He's the starter, and it feels like he's – I mean, he is the dude at that spot. Yeah. Yep. He, he – um... 
he has an incredibly high ceiling and and you can see that he's he's getting it it's coming on he's getting better and better um i mean he he you're i would imagine on saturday you're going to see some uh maybe overrun a couple of plays maybe uh maybe have a, a poor positioning miss a tackle Maybe have a bad run fit or a bad, you know, pass coverage, zone drop, or, or whatever. There's going to be some of those things mixed in there. But there's also going to be a handful of flashes where you just say, this, that is special. No one else on the, in the backer group can do that, what, what we just witnessed right there. He's just, you know, he's just going to work on consistent consistency. It's going to come. The kid's hardly played any linebacker. He's going to be a true sophomore. Um, give him some time. Give him some space. Allow for some mistakes to happen because I promise you they're going to. And uh, let's just sit back and watch and see how he grows. Stut- I think he could, he could end up being a, like, uh, there's no limit on how good he can be. Stutzman is your uh, starter at Will Backer, Kip Lewis, uh, second team there. Justin Harrington, your starter at Cheetah. Desan McCullough, uh, second team Cheetah right now. And then Gentry Williams, another uh, big takeaway from this uh, depth chart. The corner starter opposite of Woody Washington. Now, I definitely think that Josiah Wagner's going to play. But when I look at the, w- when I look at this depth chart for at corner, it kind of gets you excited. It didn't kind of. It gets you excited for the future, because even after Woody Washington is gone, you're going to have Josiah Wagner at corner. You're going to have Jaden Rowe, who's six two, two twenty one, long and athletic at corner. You're going to have Gentry Williams at corner. Kendall Dolby, Macari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson. Like, there's a lot of inexperience there outside of Woody Washington, but I feel like in a year's time, man, as they rotate several of these players through. We could be looking at corner a year from now, even without Woody Washington, and be saying, dang, that position looks really good. It's going to so. be young next year still, but I think it's going to be a lot more experience, and I, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about at corner. Yeah, we'll learn a lot early in the season. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we don't see Wagner this week. Um, you know, we'll see, but – I. I feel like, you know, even with Woody Washington, they may spell him some and give him a couple, uh, give him a series off here and there, perhaps, uh, or a handful of plays. And but the other corner spot, I expect to see. I expect to see a rotation. You know, I don't know. Deep into the season, perhaps the entire time. Not just a corner, at some uh, other spots as well. Bowman uh, is a safety. Pearson or Key Lawrence as a safety. And then, of course, uh, Woody Washington, that other corner. I think some people were surprised that Key Lawrence was listed as a, as an or at free safety. And maybe Pearson. What do you mean? Well, I, if I would have guessed, most people thought that it would be Pearson or maybe Peyton Bowen as the other starter at free safety. Not Key Lawrence. Well, yeah, I. I don't think you're going to get 
Peyton Bowen as the starter just yet. I mean, I think that that's probably going to be a next year spot for him. Um, but who knows though? Like with with how things could play out. I mean, it's a long season. There could be obviously some attrition here and there, but Peyton Bowen's going to be on the field a ton. Um, maybe it's going to be at safety. Maybe it's going to be at Cheetah. Maybe it's going to be at Dime. He's going to be out there on the field a lot. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, I I think Pearson and Key Lawrence is is good to have either one of those guys out there. Um, I, I think they both have some really good qualities. I think Key Lawrence is incredibly athletic, prone to some bigger mistakes. Reggie Pearson is, I think, probably the more consistent guy. Maybe isn't as gifted athletically as Key Lawrence, but. He makes up for it with his ability to tackle and to, and to bring the wood. Um, Brent was talking about Reggie Pearson today and Reggie Pearson's dad. Um, Reggie Pearson had a decision to make being in the portal after last season. And it wasn't much of a decision to Reggie Pearson's dad. It was, I don't really see what the decision is. Like, well, I don't know what he's waiting on. Let's go. Like, he, he understood yeah. you know, what Oklahoma is and what they've been and what this staff has been in the past. Reggie Pearson's dad was... I don't know what he's waiting on. I don't know why he hasn't committed already. This seems like a pretty obvious choice to me. All right. That's good. Well, uh, he's here, and I think he's going to have a big season, be a big contributor on the defense, and help us out a lot. Uh, Like I said, long season, stuff can happen. The fact that we've got extra bodies on the back end that you trust is a good thing. All right, quick timeout. Uh, Hanging out at Bad Daddy's Burger Bar, 2050 24th Avenue, Northwest. Uh, right here in Norman, they've been at this location for six years. Tons of TVs in here. Great place to come in, watch some football. They got 24 beers on tap, a full bar here. And by the way, I've been watching them make some shakes. They have awesome shakes here, but they do have the new Coop Sooner Schooner beer as well. Tons of chef-inspired burgers, and they do have uh, gluten-friendly items as well here at Bad Daddy's. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Is your favorite color neon? Then it's time to get your C on. Because summertime is LASIK time at Enjoy Vision. Save $600 on LASIK during the Summer of LASIK Savings. Schedule your free LASIK consultation at summeroflasik.com. This is where you LASIK. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering. and then G- Once again, for a great gridiron giveaway, and good luck to those of you that have teams. We'll see you September 1st from 6 to 9 a.m. for Joe C. Day at Neighborhood Jam in Norman. Sure, yeah, no doubt. Again, um, this is a player's game. Players make plays. My job is to recruit and have the best, strongest roster I can, we can put together. And uh, anytime you get, you know, an elite player, uh, you put a lot of uh, hard work into the process. You know, sometimes years go into recruiting a prospect. So when it goes your way, Obviously, there's reason to celebrate, and you celebrate hard, you just don't celebrate long. There's Brent Venables during his press conference today. Yeah, he still celebrates the big recruiting wins, and I'm sure they they celebrated that recruiting win on Saturday night, getting David Stone. Hopefully, they are celebrating another recruiting win 
on Friday night with uh, five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley at Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, everyone's already uh, pretty well, juiced about OU football recruiting. They pull this one off on Friday. Ooh, boy. Yeah, that'd be huge. Um, and there's still more to come, right? Nigel Smith? Nigel Smith on September 8th. Danny Okoye will be in this weekend. Um, he'll be – his announcement will be after that. But they, they're, they're, still, they're still in for some big-time D linemen, edge players. And a couple of offensive players out there as well, uh, offensive linemen, Bricks. Uh, Grant Bricks, four-star, top 100 player. He's a tackle. Daniel Akinkumi, NFL Academy in England, will be on a, on an official visit this weekend. He's a three-star. What, uh, offensive lineman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, nice. And nice. then I, I guess a five-star athlete, Terry Bussey, it's felt like, a&M for a while, and I'm not saying that it's not A&M now, but he's in unofficially this weekend, which is interesting. Oh, really? So okay. We'll uh, monitor that one and, and see what happens. Uh, see what happens after that. How about mm. that? Wow. Apparently, NIL is uh, very big in, in that recruitment. So, sure, A&M loves all of that. Sure. Well, hmm. I. I uh, I think recruiting is going really well. It's a lot to be excited about there. I mean, man, week one, full-on college football is going to be awesome. we got some good games out there. Um, I One of the games that's going to be heavily watched, and I'm, I'm not sure that they want it to be, is TCU Colorado. And, you know, we, you and I, and I think some others as well, have been trending up on TCU as kind of things have played out here. Man, there's a chance they go up there and just absolutely destroy Colorado and end all of the uh, whatever well, everyone's it, all excited about. TCU's could, got them at home. It's it's not in Boulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I was thinking it was in Boulder. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm i sure Colorado has I, – I, I'm not sold on Shadur Sanders at quarterback, first off, but Travis Hunter's a good player, and maybe they have some good skill position players. I think most teams do in college football these days. I just – Trenches? I, I don't think Colorado has it right now. No, they're not not great in the trenches, and we hear competitive depth all the time. Colorado doesn't have competitive depth, so if TCU gets on top early in the sweltering heat in Fort Worth on Saturday, I uh, like I, I'm I'm tempted to pick TCU minus twenty one this weekend. I'm not far off from that selection because that's how I think that one's going to go. Tempted? Hey. I think it's an absolute home run pick. I mean, I know TCU is not who they were last year, okay? I get it. But you still have a team that played in the national championship game a year ago against a team that had to replace like 80-something players on their roster with transfer portal guys. That it just can't be good. Yeah, well, I, and what I love about TCU going into this year is that they just had their best season in program history. And I am one that believes in if you've never had to really deal with success and expectations, that is hard to deal with. Um, TCU just had their best season in program history, and the entire offseason everyone's been telling them how bad they are and how big of a step back that they're going to take. Yeah, they're picked, what, like fifth in the Big 12? So even after playing in the national championship game, 
they've had all the motivation they could eat. Think, think about this, man. If, if you knew very little about the sport and, hey, one team played in the national championship game last year, the other team lost its bowl game and finished 8-5, and five. which of the two teams do you think is being, you know, presented as college of, a college football playoff team? They got about 80% of the first place votes. Like, which team do you think is getting all the, all the buzz and all the offseason hype? You would think well, it would be TCU, but it's 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 not. It's Texas, the eight win team. Well, yeah, and also the the eight win team has no sign of success at all over the last decade either. So TCU's yeah. owned them, and yeah, had more success as well. Uh, right. The Athletic they have uh, a couple of their riders picking over or under for their okay. win totals this year. Uh, both riders. Go with the under for OU at nine and a half. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Any? Do they list anything in there? Just so under five one-score losses in twenty twenty-two, including uh, four by three points, makes OU seem right for a bounce back year. They attack the portal. If Gabriel gets banged up again, they have Jackson Arnold this time. I'll take the slight under at nine wins for the improved Sooners but wouldn't be stunned if they went over. They'll need to win Red River to do that. Oh, so they're saying they lose to Texas in two other games. Yeah, well, uh, hard to – it's it's hard to get too upset with people. I My big thing, I'm not mad whenever someone picks us to win less than nine and a half. I'm mad when they say – we're going to bounce back and win nine games. That <laughs> is not Amen. a bounce back. That may be a bounce back at whatever crappy school you cheer for, but it's not a bounce back here. Nine wins this year. I'm sorry. I know people on the text line have said they're they're looking for nine wins. I'm not. It's a disaster. And even when they lump it, like, well, yeah, a bounce back season of nine or ten wins. Like the difference between nine and ten wins this year could be it's so. I, it's everything, man. Everything. Yep. So you, oh yeah, a bounce back season of nine or ten wins. No, it's it's a bounce back season of ten wins, maybe. But let's 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 start there. The over under that looks way too easy, and it it makes me nervous. Kansas State is at seven and a half. And that just that looks way too easy to me. <laughs> like, well, they're they're going to go three and zero in the non conference. I think I mean, their toughest non con games at Missouri. So what you got? You win five games in in Big Twelve play, and and you're there. Right, UCF um, five and four in the league. UCF going to Kansas State. They're going to be in for a little welcome to. Uh, uh, how Kansas State does business, they they're going to get assaulted on the uh, line of scrimmage. Yeah, and you know, and it's just going to be a crazy packed house. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of Oklahoma State. They are the most difficult team for me to predict what they're going to be. Um, but I Kansas State should they should march pretty deep. I I would say they're going to be six and zero, and that's whenever they play TCU. They got the rematch. They got TCU at home, um, but I, I I don't know what necessarily TCU is going to be. I mean, there's a little bit of that with Kansas State. Like if they get Will Howard 
like he was last year, Kansas State's going to be in the Big 12 championship game. Let, let, me, let me spin off an OU point of what you just said about Kansas State. So it's pretty obvious you're rather confident that in UCF's first Big 12 game, they're going to get a rude awakening by the physicality of K-State in the trenches, right? Isn't that what yep. you just said? Um, look, I, some won't take away a lot of what OU does in the non-conference game or in the uh, in really in the games before Texas that they just roll through those. But as confident as you are about Kansas State doing that to UCF, boy, wouldn't it be nice if OU does that to Cincinnati in its first ever Big 12 game? Yeah. And I know Cincinnati at least has the Corleone dude who's a really good defensive lineman, but why, why, can't, that, why can't that be the same? Yeah, it can. Um, but one of the reasons it's different is because I expect with the offensive line that they have, the tight end that they have, and I'm sure they're going to have a fullback on that team, it, Kansas State is going to be a different style of football. It's going to be a style of football UCF probably hasn't seen. They're probably going to be in jumbo personnel and run quarterback power at at UCF for the entire football game. Remember, Will Howard, who was atrocious for the most of his career until last year he found it, um, he's like 6'6", 250, 255 pounds. And they're just going to get behind that offensive line and overwhelm you with the quarterback run game. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Could uh, be wrong on that. few text here for the 405. Nine wins. I'm not happy for sure. Anyone saying that is a B. <laughs> well, anyone saying that's a liar. Greg. Like, you could – not a liar. I guess that may be a bit harsh. Uh, anyone saying that doesn't recognize how their expectations for the team are going to change throughout the season once they see them. 402, give me 11 wins or give me Davis Bevel at quarterback. <laughs> Third string. Tank? Has anyone ever tried to tank in college football? I don't know. There have been some teams that really look like they were tanking. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, Iowa State is, is the answer here, right? Yeah, that's true. It's pretty obvious. It Greg, doesn't serve much of a purpose, but still, it does appear like that happens every now and then. Greg from Lawton, speaking of assaulted, how's Breck and Hager doing these days? Mm. MIA. I don't know. Uh, Good question. He's on a milk carton somewhere. We haven't seen him in about five years. Yeah. Boy, that he had a rough uh, Big 12 championship game, did he? he has anyone had a work? Well, Chris Sims had a pretty awful Big 12 championship game in 2001 after Texas fans started throwing beers out on the field. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've uh, I've been around the game a long time, watched a lot of it, played a lot of it. I've never seen in big-time football a starting defensive lineman get pancaked that many times in one game, especially in like a game of that By everyone. Every offensive lineman did it. Everyone. Yeah, it was bad. All right, quick timeout. A couple of segments left here from Bad Daddies. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, OU Arkansas State, four days away. Fill in the blank. I'll be concerned after the game on Saturday if. We have multiple injuries. Yeah, I, I had uh, can't get pressure on the quarterback, but yeah, that one too. Well, 
I guess, I mean, that's a dumb one. I shouldn't even say that. Um, I will be worried if we can't connect on deep balls. Look like now, the Iowa State game last year. Keep trying. Just can't make it yeah, happen. I, I won't be worried if if we try and tight coverage and, you know. I, I'll be pretty nervous if there's tight coverage on every deep ball that they try to throw. I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying here. but like If there's a long foul ball where, you know, it – it would have had to have been an incredible throw or like some of that stuff, you know, you're not going to hit every single deep ball. Like I, I get that. But if we got a guy beat by, you know, a couple of yards, three or four yards, five yards, and we're streaking down the middle of the field and we can't hit those, like, I'm not saying we have to hit every one of them, but if we can't, take advantage of those opportunities with some level of efficiency i won't i'm not necessarily going to be worried but i'm not going to feel great about it for week one i'll be worried if greg from lawton says our first string defense gives up 21 points 405 says brent vittables comes out and says we're close after the game (laughs) sean says i'll be worried if our offensive line looks like it did in the spring Anything uh, offensive line or defensive line related is kind of the, the answer for me. I'll be concerned if. Yeah, well. The point's been made. They need to own these fools on Saturday. Yeah, if our offensive line looks like it did in the spring, that'll be bad for more reasons than one because um, Walter Rouse didn't play. Andrew Rame didn't play. I don't think Savi- – did Savion Bird play? I don't think Savion Bird played. It was pretty much the entire they number had, two. That's why they had to do the, line, uh, the spring game structure because they didn't have enough offensive linemen, yeah. right? Yeah, I'll be worried about that too. But, yeah, I, well, here's the thing. Everyone has been pretty high on the offensive line, and a lot of that comes from, you know, what it looked like in camp, what some of the staff are saying about uh, the potential there. I mean, I don't think anyone has said that this group is incredible and it's going to look like that right out of the gate. Mainly it's been they've been solid. Um, they're ahead of where we, we thought they would be, and they have the potential to be really, really good. I mean, and I think all of that is true. I don't think, I don't think we've been led to believe that they're functioning at some – unbelievable level right now it's more of a they have a chance to get there we uh we have a lot of submissions on this but don just sent in the best one and it makes me laugh don says i'll be concerned if arkansas state has zero holding calls <laughs> amen don amen no nice. it's already started the big the refs this year already can't even get a holding call against arkansas Man. state all right which i don't know I don't know if it's a Big 12 crew or not, but um, we we will be, after last year, I mean, the, a point arose during the season last year where it's like, okay, officiating has been crap for us. Um, everyone notices it, and then we started to, like, really pay attention to it. Hopefully that doesn't start in game one, like because everyone's already got their antenna up. 
Hopefully it doesn't start in game one. I uh, just make sure everyone takes a look at the white hat referee and make sure mm-hmm. it's not Brett Yormark that's out there officiating the game on Saturday. We need – you know how some teams do the uh, – that's good for a wildcat and yeah. then everyone yells first, first down, down together? Yeah, they do that Kansas State, yeah. We need to come up with something that everyone in the crowd yells whenever we see – a horrible spot by the officiating crew because it it happens i last year it was almost once a drive we got shafted by multiple yards by officiating crews spotting the football would you want like that's good for another and everyone yells bs call but says yeah. it out loud horrible that's good for another horrible mm. spot yeah Boomer hey, at the end of can, it, yes. Can you give me a ruling on shafted? Can I say that on radio? Um, though it will make 70% of the listeners uncomfortable, <laughs> I think shafted is indeed okay to use <laughs> in the way that you used it. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Well, all right. Let's hit a quick break here. We'll come back to Bad Daddy's Burger Bar and wrap things up. Remember, if you haven't been here, over off 24th 